Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Wake Up Our Faith. Today, we talk about how to become a fool for God. If you call yourself a Christian and a follower of Jesus, then you only have one option, and that is to become a fool for Him. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Wake Up Our Faith. This is the show where passion, purpose, dreaming big, challenge, common sense. We like to think of it as a conversation to shed light on the upside of upside down living. Matt Ham, Kevin Adams. <laughs> hey, hey. What's up, brother? If you're watching this on video, you can see the flag behind me. I kind of like that. That's it, man. Blend into it. That's part it. of that thing, man. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Amen. It's funny. You know, we talk about uh, launching this veterans community uh, through the Life Center, which is our nonprofit entity, the, these different communities that are popping up. We had Nick Banta on a couple of weeks ago about his story. And yesterday, um, we've got a, another good friend of ours, uh, Eric Flory, whose son, uh, Joseph, is in the service yeah. uh, in the Marines. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my son, Matthew, about him. He goes, Dad, why would anyone want to do that? And I said, because they believe in something, buddy, called freedom, and they're willing Amen. to fight for it. And so, yeah, yeah we celebrate it, man. Well, yes. uh, happy Wednesday. Thanks to everybody who's tuning in, watching us uh, streaming today on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can catch the podcast anywhere podcasts are provided. We are there. Wake up our faith. And you can connect with us online at uprint.life. That's Y-O-U-P-R-I-N-T dot L-I-F-E. Um, Kevo, today, I would have to say for the topic of the show, there could not be a better individual as the expert in this area, and that is uh, how to become a fool for God. And so th- this is, you, you are in, this is your lane right here, bro. Well, I, <laughs> I can take that a lot of ways. You know how to take I'll it. I'll take it the humorous way. You know how to take it. I was actually, I'm a fool. <laughs> I was rereading your book last night, man, at 1030 oh, really? at night. Oh, wow. I got out your your book, um, and I was just reading what you wrote inside of it, which is hard to believe. It's been almost six years ago, five and a half years ago from when you originally sent me. Actually, it's six years this April, because you sent mm. it to me in April. Yeah. And uh, man, just- Wrote it before that. <laughs> it's been- been several years ago now but it's just it was it was so good man and you know it's something that we provide for anyone who would like a copy of kevin's book the extravagant fool um just about his wonderful testimony and journey of of kind of where where you came from how you got here man just the wild nature of watching god provide for you and your family and being courageous to step out and be a forerunner for this movement now that is wake up our faith the life center and you print and all of it so um yeah man uh, jive, uh, pump to jump in today. <laughs> well, good. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think we've been on a, a, a kind of a journey and, and tackling different things. And, and sometimes it's, uh, you know, you've got to, I, I, I look at it like you got to fly the helicopter up to the, to the, you know, couple thousand feet up, and then you got to go back down to earth and you got to kind of go back and forth. And you do that while you move forward. And that gives you a better view um, so it, it, we don't need to stay on the ground like a bug, but we, we've got to get on the ground and, and understand our surroundings. And then we've got to go back up and look at it, uh, you know, kind of get that bigger perspective. So uh, that, that's sort of why we do the topics we do and, and where they come from. They come from the culture, the moments, the week, but they also come from principles that just never go away. Mm. It's timeless, um, but it fits into uh, the current uh, moment, which is uh, probably the greatest moment on earth's history to be alive. If you ask me, 
Um, I think we're in a jubilee period uh, that started, uh, you know, the, uh, in 16, uh, 15 and 16, and then uh, it's looked tough and, and dark. A lot of things are being un, unraveled and revealed, but uh, the jubilee, the celebration of that, the, the reward of that is uh, just around the corner. Mm. And, uh, you know, I don't, again, I'm not some kind of profit guy, but I'm telling you, this is coming. It's on the way good things and uh, we need to start living that way sure we need to live that way now yes and uh and then we need to lead from that place mm. and that's all we're doing and uh you know it doesn't make us special we just have to be a little bit courageous and foolish and uh when you don't have fear of anything then you can do that mm. so we want to help people get in that same place because they're valuable and they need to lead too yeah so that's why we come up with this stuff and uh, where it's coming from. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, we've, we've got to learn how to see right side up. So we have to stand on our head, you know, in an upside down kingdom. You've got to look at things differently. Mm. So that's kind of where today comes from. Uh, but you look a little foolish in the process. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't mind doing that. And uh, you, you see that uh, God is a rewarder of faith. So, so we want to talk about that. What does it mean to become a fool or how, how to become a fool uh, for God? Well, you know, <clears throat> cherry-picking the Bible has never worked <laughs> yet. Right. We live in a culture that has used the Bible like a Hallmark card, you know. Right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? <laughs> we say that, right? Yeah, but we exactly. don't realize who said it and what he said before that. That's right. <laughs> you know, he said, a, yeah. he said, become a fool. If you seem wise to the world, right. you are a fool to God. That's Same right. man who wrote that. Yeah. So you can't take part of it and, and champion it around like your flag you're waving right. and not be a fool for the Lord, you know? Yeah, that's right. Well, well the, you know, one of the things I put in my book is, uh, and I've written a lot of other things, but uh, that that's sort of a, that's one of those things, you, you know, I'll be able to, to be, be excited that I was able to do in my life, but uh, in that book, one of the things I said was there's two kind of fools. There's essentially two kinds. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's one that says there is no God or and or lives that way, uh, which a lot of Christians do. So, you know, you're a fool for the world and or there, there are there, there's a fool for God, one who knows there's nothing worthwhile without him. Mm. So there's one who lives as if he doesn't exist whether they say it or not, is relevant. And then there's one who uh, lives as though nothing is worthwhile without him mm. as the centerpiece. And those are the two foolish sort of fork in the road. You're going to be a fool. Yeah, You have to pick. Are you going to be a fool for the world or a fool for God? And so what I want to talk about today is how to navigate that. What does that actually look like? And, uh, you know, what's the reward of that? And all that, what, you know, what are our examples, et cetera. So. You know, it's really interesting. And <clears throat> this past weekend, I had the opportunity to share with a, uh, a group, a co- gathering congregation up the road, and, and I came pretty hard at the idea that if you want to step into life of faith, you have to die to yourself, mm-hmm. period. You can't get around it, right? Right. If you want to find your life, you must lose it. That's the words of Jesus. And so I, the, the, the phrase that came right. to me as I was speaking was, there's a lot of half-dead Christians waiting on the resurrection. It's, and, and so this idea of living mm-hmm. half-dead, going back to what you're saying with this foolish concept, Kevin, when you first 
entered my life through two separate channels. I remember I read your blog and, you know, I was the Christian, Matt, at the time practicing and all that stuff. And when I saw your words, I remember going, whoa, this is more than I've ever experienced before. But there was a deep intrigue in my spirit that would not let me let go of it. And so I look back on it now. Papa say, we're going to be partners. <laughs> That's right. It's like, it's funny. It's like. You got the same heart. That's, well, go ahead. I'm reading your book the other night, and I'm like, why did this guy ever want to enter into a relationship with me? Because I was so polar opposite from where you were. Great heart. But God was just so gracious in the whole moment. But my point being is, is that when, when Christians, people who practice Christianity or follow God or say they believe in God, you cannot do that and not become foolish for him because right. it's utterly hypocritical and there is no other way. Yeah, that's right. If you, <laughs> I heard a quote the other day. It said, if you, uh, it's, I think it's from uh, one of the revolutionary patriots. <laughs> I guess it's, I think his name, I think it was Robert Townsend. Uh, he was a, a spy for, for George Washington. Okay. But it says, uh, he said something like, if you if you uh, remain on the picket fence, you'll be impugned by it or impaled by it. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> rock on, man. You're my kind of people. Oh, but, uh, yeah, that's right. So so anyway, uh, we have a gentle uh, delivery, uh, a firm stand, a gentle delivery, and a joyful direction. Uh, people do not understand what we do, even my own parents you ask them, they'll go, I have no idea what he does. You know, I know it's good, but they don't know. And it's because it's innovative. It's revolutionary. It's different. And, and we need that. We need more of that. So that's what we do. Uh, but, but teaching, uh, helping people become spiritually wealthy mm. uh, to, to overcome spiritual poverty is the first step. Yeah. And people are in all different places. Um, but all of that extrapolates out into uh, what are you dreaming about? You yeah. know, when you're when you're healthy spiritually, your dreams are healthy and they're exciting and God will he put them in you. So mm. we want to help you from soup to nuts to go carry it out. And I mean from all kinds of perspectives, from business, you, you name it. And so it's a big, audacious, wonderful thing where we're flipping the church inside out. But in, in order to get started, especially when you see a lot of fear around you, fear mm. culture, you know, I saw a sticker the other day. It said, uh, it, I think it was a meme, but, but, but it was, or not a GIF, but just a picture of someone uh, uh, on their back windshield. And it was all purpley and hearty and, you know, kind of looked a little girly to me. But uh, it said, I just got my Fauci ouchie. And my spirit just went. Man, oh my God, this world is, it's toast. So, but the great thing for us is it gives us a whole lot of value in our work. We have to unseat that fear and and help people see. And our model is our King, uh, Mm. Jesus. Yeah. So we're going to start by looking at Jesus as a fool, Mm. you know, and um, I, I brought a couple of verses just to help people know, you know, his own family thought he was crazy. So here's, here's a couple. I'll just read them, and then we'll talk through it. Uh, this is John 7, 3 through 5. Jesus' brother said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one, wants to, no one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, now they're kind of being smart alecky here, 
since you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. You can just hear him saying that. Hmm. You know, James and Jude, I guess, are his brothers. For even his own, and then it goes on, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. Hmm. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Okay, so take that. Now go to Mark 3, 20 and 21. Then Jesus entered a house, and I'm, we're just giving snippets here. You can get back in there and dig in, and you'll see the inferences. All right, but Mark 3, 20 through 21. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. <laughs> he is out of his mind. So his family said he's out of his mind. And some people say, well, that was his associates or his family. You know, who knows? Uh, but, uh, you know, we just heard that his brothers didn't believe in him. It says family, depending on the version. And then go to, and this is the proof, then go right just a few verses later in Mark 31 through 35. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Same place. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Now, if you go back a few verses, you can see that picture. You know, they, they love him, mm. but he's nuts. Mm. We got we to gotta get him out of there because he's going to embarrass us. That's mm. what I'm getting out of it. Yes. So then, uh, you know, it says, it says that, and then it says, "Who Jesus is saying, who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him. Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So the point of all of that is to say Jesus to his own people hmm. uh, was considered foolish. Hmm. You know, they came around eventually. So we, we have to live that way because he, number one, is our model. Hmm. And, uh, you know, if you're afraid of that, then you, you won't grow and you won't reap the reward. You won't have the... You want to have your uh, the, the the intention that God put into you fulfilled. So you miss the mark, and uh, you just have a life of comfort, survival, and good deeds. And I frankly do not want that. Yeah, I want to change the world, and I'm willing to give everything I have for that. Mm. That's what a fool is. Yes. Now I put you in the same camp. So we, in order to get to that place, we have to help people understand what does that look like. Yeah. Instead of just saying, you know. Wake up, buddy. Yeah. Well, you, you have to come to terms with the fact that living as if Jesus is your only influence, which is what we teach and what mm -hmm. we speak, you are going to look foolish to the world around you, and you have to be willing to do that as a step numero uno, and right. then begin kind of walking that out as the process of living by faith. And ultimately, right. what we see is there are many people who call themselves Christians, believe in God, right. who are unwilling to go to the place mm -hmm. where Jesus becomes their only influence right. because they're afraid mm -hmm. that it looks foolish to the world around them, period. Yeah, that's right. And that's where you, you come back to, you know, um, <clears throat> think about the enemy. The enemy's game is to keep you unproductive. Mm. He can't unring a bell and he can't unsave you. He cannot uncreate a new creation. Mm. So if you're truly God's, he can't take you away. What he can do is make you unproductive. It can pull you away from who you are. 
And uh, that happens to Christians, I think most Christians, yeah. until they get to that point where uh, they either go through an incredible turmoil, um, it wakes them up, oh, look at our culture around us, right? Yeah. We're seeing it. That's why I'm excited about it. I've been prepared for it. But the, uh, you know, we talked about the near-death experience a few shows ago, and that's what we're seeing. Mm. But, uh, but anyway, the devil has no power. Uh, unless we <clears throat> give it to him. So it, it, it's kind of like saying uh, what he gives us is a broken lens. So he has no power mm. uh, over us unless we're looking through a broken lens <clears throat> or uh, we operate within an inferior technology called logic. Mm. So when you're looking through a, bro- a broken lens and 2 plus 2 equals 4, and it's always that way, and you don't leave any room for God to work, who is eternal in spirit, then you are bound by those things. Mm. And uh, that's why you <clears throat> you see people flocking to get these vaccines that are insidious, in my view. But uh, whatever the case, I mean, people have a choice. Uh, it, it, but the idea is that uh, we are God's idea. We talked about this last week, <clears throat> Psalm 139. If you meditate on that over and over again, you will grab hold of this revelation that you are God's idea and his intention, uh, uh, broad and specific, is our permission. Mm. It's like you start a Rembrandt if you're going to, I mean, if you're Rembrandt, then you paint a Rembrandt, but just just say a piece of original art that's beautiful. You start with big strokes. Corporate is big, you know, big strokes. But you end with the fine, small brushes. Mm. And that's what God's done for us. So we get to be brethren, corporate, work together and worship together. But then we get to be individuals and uh, the value of that is far beyond any amount of gold or anything. We are the greatest thing that God created. So, you know, it's not about how much of it you can stack up or, or mm. hold on to or even steward. It's about who you are. Yes. So to get to that place, you have to, you have to stand on your, your head to see right side up. So becoming a fool is like uh, learning how to stand on your head to see right side up. You have to do things upside down. Mm. Uh, so there, there's plenty more, but that's... You know, let's jump into that a little bit. How how are we doing on time here? I, th- I think we're good, Joe. Keep us. Uh, we got ten minutes or so. Um, <clears throat> you know, the the rote habits that we have created in our lives as believers. You know, um, th- this past weekend, as I was as preaching, I was speaking about Lazarus being resurrected, and th- what the the Lord gave me a picture because Jesus said, "Take away the stone." Well, the stone was what stood between the dead man and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the stone represented all of uh, like old ways. It, it represented old traditions, old habits. It represented offend- offendedness. It's all the things mm-hmm. that stand between us and the real Jesus. And he says, I'm not holding on to the stone. I'm saying, roll it away. You're mm-hmm. the one that has to choose to step out from behind the stone. Mm-hmm. And so in this line of thinking, I just want to encourage our listeners that if logic is the stone in front of you, or if offense is the stone in front of you, you cannot enter into the presence of Jesus until you're willing to let that stone be rolled away. Mm-hmm. And that's where I just want to encourage folks to, to see that mm-hmm. picture and be willing to allow it to move. Yeah, absolutely. Um <laughs> it's pretty, pretty simple. Um, that's a good example. It's, uh, you know, walk by faith, not by sight, lean not upon your own understanding. I mean, it, it, over and over we see this pattern in scripture. So what is faith ultimately? 
It's God's perspective. We have to see and take on God's perspective. We're not just step into it, but we have to understand how to live from that. So you ultimately, as you become a sanctified son or daughter from a servant mindset, you everything flips. You're now working from Jesus' name, from within it. You're working from heaven into this place. Everything flips. So you don't see that stone as an obstacle. All you know is why. Mm. And it's just like the uh, I can't remember if it was Mary or Martha once said, you, you got here too late. Yeah, if yeah. you'd have been here. And so, you know, you can just see him. He's like, it's okay. <laughs> so he had a firm stand, a gentle delivery, and a joyful direction in life, you know, immediately, uh, Lazarus, you know, come out. So we not only uh, participate in that, but we are his hands and feet. We are part of him. He lives in us. And <laughs> just read John a bunch of times, you'll get it. He is at the right hand of the Father. He says we're in him, and he says he's in us. Where are we? We're here in this unredeemed place with a redeemed spirit and mm. soul. So, you know, that's what happens. He is, we're not here to get more earth into heaven. Mm. We're here to get more heaven into this place. So we become that surgical glove, doing brain surgery. God's the hand, and uh, we get to participate. We get victory. We share in it. He always gets the credit. Yeah, That's what just set your world on fire. So you better believe he's not hiding this great purpose in, from you. He hid it in you, so you'll have to press into him to discover it. And uh, there's nothing like it. But you have to begin to navigate. So baby steps, right? Uh, when we think about the physical, we have a physical and a spiritual presence here. Uh, and we have to learn where that division is and the connection points. You know, I don't Consider the mind the battlefield. I know that's a popular Joyce Meyer teaching from way back, but I consider the heart our battlefield. The, the heart is the connection point between our spirit, spirit man, who God lives within, and speaks to us, and, uh, you know, and the rest of our soul, and all the way up through the mind and then our flesh. So we have to guard that because it's so precious. It is that transition point. And uh, it's how we discern. It's how we create. Everything comes from the heart, the overflow. But God's word, the implanted word, comes from the spirit. It's like a radio receiver. You don't try to, people so often get a word or they get a thing or a knowing or a, a direction. Typically, it's a direction. And uh, then they try to interpret it as if they are prophetic. And then they live by the results of that. And uh, mm. they live miserably. And how, how <clears throat> you know, again, how messed up has the prophetic become yeah. inside Christian circles. Absolutely. Unintentionally, but right. people are wanting to claim themselves to be prophets and right. claim that they have these words. And it's just, it's, it's a massive unraveling right. yeah. of both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Cause all the charismatic prophetic people were like, well, I heard from God and this is the way it's going to be. And then <laughs> right. over here, you got the fundamentalist who thinks nobody hears from God yeah. and both it's like the polarity of it's just yeah. crazy. Let's sweep it all away. Yeah. That, that's not it. Uh, it's, this is spirit and truth. This is people are valuable. People are the church and uh, our father in heaven is our father. And uh, Jesus opened that up for us, and we live through him, and he lives through us. It's beautiful technology, but it's way better than logic. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, learning to navigate that is like a spiritual chiropractic adjustment. And that's what I do and uh, every day. 
uh, on an individual basis with people. Um, so um, it's the, the division between the mind and the heart uh, and the spirit. So we'll talk about that. But. I want to tap in. I was going to ask you a question about the prophetic. Because, <clears throat> right. you know, I, I see a lot of my friends and brothers and sisters, people we walk with even, and there's a emphasis on the prophetic. And so I'm just going to ask you point blank, like how do you approach what you would say is modern day prophetic, prophetic words, things of that nature. Do you listen to anyone in that camp? Do uh, how, just uh, how do you hold that as an interaction in the kingdom? <laughs> That's a pretty loaded question, but uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to load it. I just it, want to. No, I'm, I'm teasing you. Uh, is there a prophetic? Absolutely. If you look at the uh, office gifts, there there are prophets. Uh, there are apostles. There, I believe this. Uh, the way I grew up doesn't, and, mm. and I don't care. You know, believe what you want, but the, the that is a different thing than what God puts in us, where we know we are His sheep, we hear His voice. So when we understand that we can tap in, just like anybody else. Um, the, so the, the office gifts, mm. in my view, and that, that's a long story, but God gives us authority in areas. Mm. Um, I happen to believe he's given me some some little bit of authority in this geography, and and I'm so I'm gonna take it up, you know, and and, and love on people from that place, whatever that looks like. Um, it, well, but within that, you're gonna have those office gifts, and some people have multiples of them, and they overlap. And so to put a label on your, uh, it to me is very toxic. Yes, I don't like when people say I'm this or I'm that, <laughs> or when somebody calls me that. <laughs> so, you know, I think we're kind of over that. Sure. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't have those gifts. Uh, uh, but ultimately, uh, the, the, the best thing is to just be who you are, mm. to get to know God intimately, and he will show you. And the things you say, the things he puts on you, and I believe you, you've seen this in my life, uh, he speaks. And, and, and I, don't, I don't care what it does. I just want to say it when I feel it. Mm-hmm. And and we see the fruit of that, so that's different, you know. Yeah. But what I but 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 what we've got to do is not try to interpret things. Yes. Sometimes God just gives us a wink, and wants us to cherish it, and we hold on to it. It may be a small thing. There's so many things I've seen. One thing He gave me uh, 30 years ago. I stood right here on a beach 30 years ago, and I said I'd love to live in this place. And I mean, it's a long story, but I do. And I have so many things like that I don't share with people because, and maybe privately, but that doesn't mean you're some kind of prophet. Yeah, it just means you're talking to God. So the, the goal here isn't labels; it's intimacy. Mm. And That's I so firmly good. believe that we that one of the reasons that we've had a lot of prophetic people kind of say, "Yeah, this is going to happen on this day," and all that. And uh, I just, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it didn't happen the way, you know, that we want justice. But uh, it's nice to see God maintaining his sovereignty and not uh, putting some man on a pedestal. Amen. You know, so we get to follow him. And we, we do, our job is to take what he's given us. Uh, you know, I read this thing last week from my book. It's on page 198. But, you know, he's given us this wilderness to civilize. You know? mm. Um He's given us fire and to, to, to bring that leaven, to make everything around us rise. That's our job. He's going to take care of the big stuff, and he is. But, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, are there people that I would consider prophets? Yes, I do. Yeah. There are a few. I, I could name them. Uh, used to go to church with some of them. Um, but uh, 
but tread on that ground lightly and do not be deceived. Yes. And test everything in your spirit. And yeah. Yeah. I don't, just because somebody says they're a prophet, um, you know, <laughs> put it on the to business me, that card. might take five years for me to feel my way through. Is that true or not? Yeah. Uh, but everybody's valuable. And even if someone says that and they mean well, then and I'm there to help and sure. listen and, uh, it's just a, it's a softer, way better way to live. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking time to go through that. I think it's important sure. to a lot of our listeners who kind of nag- navigate that space to have a healthy approach toward it. I know we're going to uh, take a break here. Uh, going to come back in the second segment of Wake Up Our Faith right after this. Hey, everybody. Matt Ham here. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's show. We want to ask you if you would join with us to help us spread the word about Wake Up Our Faith. Kevin and I have been on the air almost every week for the last four years dedicated to bringing spiritual truth and biblical wisdom to the table in a fresh and powerful way. If you're in a small group or attending a church or just have some family or friends, please consider sharing the podcast with them, inviting them to subscribe, or you can get engaged by asking us some questions that we can answer on air. You can call those questions in to 910-805-8330 or you can email them to info at uprint.life. Either way, we really hope you enjoy the show. We would love to hear from you, and we would love for you to join us in helping get the word out about Wake Up Our Faith. Now, back to this week's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wake Up Our Faith. Matt Ham, Kevin Adams with you today. Uh, thanks to Joe Catanacci and The Big Talker, 106.7 FM in southeastern North Carolina, Uh, for helping uh, produce the show today and also airing it every Saturday and Sunday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We appreciate all of our listeners. want to encourage you guys to reach out to us. Let us know you're listening. If you have any questions, you can call those into the show, 910-805-8330. You can email us, info at uprint.life. We also want to let our listeners know one of our dear friends, Melissa the Coach. This is Melissa Thomas. We mentioned this last week. She is having a budgeting workshop uh, that's coming up March 15th, I believe. I think there's a couple of more spaces open. She just texted me and said, hey, I got a couple slots open. It's melissathecoach.com forward slash BBB. B is in budget. melissathecoach.com forward slash BBB. Great workshop. It's going to be about how to get on your budget, own your finances so they don't own you. Uh, Melissa's wonderful. If you guys have any interest, do check that out. It'll be a great time for you. Um, so, Kevin, today we're talking about how to become a fool for God and living upside down. So, uh, we, we got plenty to dive into here. So, let's get rolling. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so, the way you learn to live upside down, uh, you have to kind of stand on your head. So it's, uh, it's, it's a great, you can't really go back once you grab hold of that. Mm. Um, but it's getting in that position. I mean, even at 54 standing on my head is, you know, I can do it. Uh, but, uh, I'd probably rather not, you know, (laughs) you got to get warmed up. Uh, but, uh, but we have to do that. We really, really have to do that. We have to see things God's way, and the world does not, mm. you know. And you see it all around you right now, and in, in it's all broken lens, logic, fear. Uh, it's insidious. I saw something the other day. It was talking about these uh, nanobugs, you know, mosquito, artificial mosquitoes that will fly around and you know, take your DNA. I mean, it's just crazy, crazy kind of stuff out there. Uh, there's so much beyond what we see and know. 
we don't need to be afraid of it. We need to recognize the author of all creation and, uh, and, and embrace the call that he's put on our life and take back the ground that he's given us. So our circumstances become our playing field. We need to quit complaining about it and mm. say, thank you, God, for giving me this. Yeah. And that's where most people uh, don't understand. Flip the model, stand on your head, and you'll see it, and your value will emerge. Um, the future is good. We have to fight for our joy. And, uh, you know, we have to, we have to, to, to understand our own values so that we can uh, help people see theirs. And that's mm-hmm. all discipleship is. So, uh, it, but it's amazing. I mean, it, it, people weep, and it's crazy. It's the coolest thing ever to see somebody and really mean, mean it. Really, really mean it. So, go well, ahead. The, I was going to say, one of the, one of the, like, individualism, right, as an idea, was God's idea, <laughs> okay? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. we were fearfully and wonderfully made, hairs of our head are numbered, knew you in your mother's womb. Right. It's in there, okay? But what happens is the church, meaning the institution, those who follow Jesus or whatever, say it, and they gather in buildings on Sundays, they largely do not uh, promote the idea of individualism. It's about uh, selflessness and servanthood and gather as a group. And so it's about the body and it kind of all looks the same, right? And then on the other side, culture promotes individualism for the glory of the individual. And it's about you've got to be the one that is the hero and you've got to follow your truth or whatever. And it's just amazing how we take... I hate that when people say your truth. Yeah. It's so arrogant. Only one truth. It's so arrogant. But we've taken this idea that God gave us of individualism, and we have polarized it and right. run into the company of, I'm just going to be one of the sheep that all look the same, or I'm going to go out here and try to be the freaking hero and some internet star or some, you know what I mean, champion for social justice. <clears throat> so anyway, right. learn individualism God's way, and that's how you become who you were created to be. Right. Well, the whole idea of celebrity, of fame, mm. of... Uh, power, wealth, all of this stuff is, uh, it's toxic and it's not from God. And you got to get to that, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's got to get to that. It doesn't mean God doesn't want you to have plenty. He does. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. He does. We're going to see that. Uh, I mean, we've already seen it, but he just wants you to be all in to who he is in you and then who you are. He made you for this reason. You're here now for that reason. There's a vacancy with history and history with your name on it. I mean, you can't debate this. So it's better to get on with it. And the most satisfying thing there is, you know, I said last week, look, if you take a check for $10 million to walk away from what you do, then you're in the wrong business. Mm. And that's so great. I, I, I mean, I tell people all the time, I wouldn't, you know, not only that, <laughs> people who have probably have that kind of money and just, you know, like, uh, you know, I'd probably punch you if you said that to me. But, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be funny. But While standing upside down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'll punch your ankles. <laughs> Street fighter kind of thing. But uh, the, the thing is, is your, your, your value is, uh, is who you are because that's what God made you to be. Mm. And you have to understand that, but you also have to understand that we're family, that we're his DNA, but he made us differently. And we see that, and that has to be spiritual chiropractic, that has to be adjusted. And that's what I do. 
Uh, that's what we do, but but in particular, that's what I do on an individual basis. So, um, but it, it frees people, and when they're when you're free, you don't go back. <laughs> so get ready, you know, red pill time. But but anyway, it's it's the most it's the most wonderful thing there is uh, to behold. Um, and, and but but the point is, is when you when we begin to see people the way God does, our heart goes all in. Mm-hmm. And we want to change. So it's just like God said to Abraham, wherever you set your foot is yours. Now, I look at that. I look at it geographically, and I look at it with people. And, I, and, and to me, they're not mine. I get to be like, I get to have more brothers and sisters, and I get to help them. There's nothing more rewarding than helping people. Every time it goes, it always goes back to that. It doesn't matter, rich or poor, everybody gets to the same place. Well, I already know that, so I get them there. But there's so many neat things in the middle, so many poetic, you know, interesting engineering that God put into people mm. that they love to help people in that way. But because of logic and a broken lens and fear and strongholds, they, they won't get there. So to get there, the simplest way, uh, it, look, this is a huge thing. It can take a year or years to, to, to mentor through, but, but the process is the same. So one of the simplest things to view, uh, learning how to stand on your head. I mean, uh, I, I wanted to say this first uh, along those lines. We, we've got to stop learning. I think there was this was the text uh, maybe a few days ago. Uh, how to we, 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 we aim to serve God. We end up aiming to please people. Mm. Uh, we need to flip that around. We, we need to stop trying so hard to serve God and start aiming to please him. In a relationship, you know, when you're a child, you want to please your father and your mother. You're not trying to serve them. But if we aim to please God, we'll end up serving mankind and his name. It works. That's where we have to go. So we don't do that typically. We have it the other way around. We end up trying to serve God because we don't understand him and he's far away. Oh, you know, and then we end up trying to please people. Yeah. You want a disaster for marriage, relationship, everything. Do that. Just that point alone, it could be meditated on for weeks upon end. Yeah. And, and so I want our listeners to really grab hold of that because so much of the fear, so much of the tradition, so much of the hesitation, so much of what keeps people bound to an old way mm-hmm. is the mindset that we are supposed to serve God right. and please people. Yep. And it is, it's, it is deadly every single time. Right. I mean, even I was telling you, like, I've been walking through you through this with you for the last five years, and for some stinking reason, I still have this corner of my heart that is worried about what people think, meaning I want to please them. I want to, you know, maintain this good relationship, and it comes from a place of, like, affection for people, but it ultimately corrupts me, in the process, and and God doesn't get honored in it, and it's just it's it's got to go. Well, it, it, there's two sides to every gift. One is a counterfeit side, and the other is the the, the actual side. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it we all want to be valued. So when you think that people are your value givers, then you aim to please them. Mm. And you care about their opinions. Uh, the other side of that is. Um, you love people in the way that you're geared to do that. Um, and I do too. You know, I, I mean, I, I love people deeply. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also 
know that I can't give them authority over my heart. And, and that's, I think, what you're learning, and it's, it's tough. But we all have to go through that process. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, it, here's one of the way I say it, and I said it to my kids this way. It's, it, you know, I don't care what people think about me, um, but I always care about how I leave them or how I make them feel. Mm. And that's a very good distinction. That's um, a great word. You don't, they don't have authority. They can't move you. Um, but I'm here to help. So we're like the light bulb in the dark room. Our job is not to complain about the dark, nor is it to receive, you know, any other source of light. It's to be that, mm. simply that. And when you live that way, you're, you're, you're already moving in the right direction. But then you need you need, you need to know you're in a family. That family doesn't have to congregate in a building on Sundays, but it's like-minded people. Mm-hmm. The people we work with, man, they're the best people on earth. My brother came to town. Uh, man, he's such a good dude. I love him so much, and uh, uh, I'd like to see him be here with us and help us because he's he guy's a genius. But uh, but I took him by and introduced him to the Taylors. Oh, and I, I could just feel the vibe in the room. The Taylors own they own Beach Blooms, the Dude Sweet Candy Shop on Carolina Beach, and these are they're some of my favorite people, all time favorite because they've got that warrior spirit, and uh, and so it, you could just tell. You know, my brother was seeing. Oh my gosh, there's really people like that, mm. and uh, he's been through a lot, but. That right there, that's so rewarding, you know, just to be able to help. So you're not alone is part of what I'm getting at. But you have to take that first step by yourself. But we're here to cheer you on. So it's family, corporate, yeah. but it's not corporate like sign and stone in a club. Right. It's corporate like you're my brother and, I, you know, you're blood bought. Like you're my friend, my brother, and, you know, we're different. And thank God. Because you got a genius if you add them together. You add us all together, the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. So many people are wrapped up, worried about church and, and all these other things. That's great. Mm. Go do it. But let's get on with the work. Let's go be like Jesus to yeah. people. So. Well, you know, it's a, another example to one of our, our brothers and regular listener here who's in the middle of a transition season uh, from, a, from a work perspective and he was moving down a path and, and getting into real estate and was going one direction mm-hmm. and ended up, he turned back around and he ended up connecting with somebody else who is in our family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last I heard, they're going to be, you know, collaborating and working together. And, and that that dynamic is yeah. something God has done. And that's the idea of one body, many parts, yes. is when you start seeing it. You, you said this the other day. No, you said, I think it was a text this morning um, about... When you find a spirit-led person, right, it's always worth the investment. I don't know the way you say it. That's the way my mind reads it. Yeah, But when you find people who are just all out for the Lord, man, those people are worth getting around. Yeah, that's right. Everybody has that thing in them. The difference is it's Saul or David. Do Mm. you have a teachable, willing heart? It's not about behavior. It's not about failures. It's not about regrets. Do you have a teachable heart? I get in front of some people sometime, and we've got a good system in place, but uh, and you're, you're good at guarding things, I guess, a little bit. But, uh, but everybody's welcome. It's just you got to be teachable. you got to mm-hmm. be willing and ready. And if you're not, then, you know, we'll see you when you are because you end up wasting your time, and, uh, and if they're not teachable, then 
they've got so many things going on. But but typically we can cut right through it. But you have to go through a lot of stuff in your life to be able to do that and mean it with everything in you. Mm. And uh, so there's a lot of trust that develops. But uh, one of the things I wanted to read, uh, get this back out in front of me, but think about it this way. This is, this is a different view uh, than what most people think. But this is one of our texts. I mean, these things go out five days a week and, uh, and among other things. But uh, just, just think about this. Being a productive citizen of the kingdom is about creation rather than competition. Mm. It's about believing rather than begging and becoming an expression of God rather than the chief executor of his will. Which does your life reflect? Most people aren't thinking about creation They're think, or, or being a creator. They're thinking about competition. Yes. And they have these strongholds, these behavior patterns. It says, you know, I've heard this many times. How is Kevin like that? You know, watch out for him. You know, be careful with him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just smile and say, all right, see you never. And I'm going to get on with what I got to do. You want to be a part of it? Let's go. If you're not, then that's fine too. It doesn't get in my heart. We guard our heart and we go forward. So that's just an example. But we've got to get that mindset that you, you're – we're all equally important to God. Mm. We're just as good uh, as Paul, I- valuable, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not competition. We're here now. We've got work to do. you got breath in your lungs. It's not about waiting on heaven one day. It's about getting on with it right now and here. Yes, there's a heaven. Yes, Jesus is coming back. I believe all of that, absolutely. But I'm not going to wait on that to get moving because that doesn't honor God. What honors God is for me to figure out who I am and to get on with it because it's already blessed. The first step in that is to understand how you're designed, and I've walked through that with people. But think about this. If you if you draw a little stick figure on a paper, draw a line right in the middle, right, a horizontal line right across the, the middle of them, and everything above, think about it as your mind, if you will. It's really the soul. And everything below is spirit. All right? Now, I'm just giving it play, so I'm not don't box me into this. But what you want to do, Jesus, see, people think uh, that Jesus, just because he said, turn the other cheek, meant that we, you know, Ike shouldn't have fought Hitler. (laughs) It's like, dude. Be a doormat, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's not the, you have to understand where that's coming from. So things that offend the mind, uh, you know, you're in traffic, someone cuts you off, someone says something nasty to you, you have to learn how to be firm in your stance. Mm a gentle delivery, and a joyful direction. You leave people out of their stress. Well, you, to, to get that, you have to understand it, to turn the other cheek. The way you can keep from being offended up here, I'm pointing at my noggin, is to understand uh, that these things are from the enemy. Yeah. And they don't, you don't let them into your heart. You have to guard your heart. You feel them, then you will become that, and that mm. thing will take over. You'll stay up at night, et cetera. So you have to get to that place. All right, there's a lot to this. Now, Jesus, one of the ways to do that is, is if somebody takes something from you, and then you give them something else. Mm-hmm. You know, you screw you, enemy. You can't, I'm going to give you a black eye. You take my shirt, I'm going to give you my coat too. That's exactly what Jesus said. Yes. You go one mile, they ask you to go one mile, you go two. So you take your power back from the enemy by not being offended in your mind. You have to, in other words, you're not fighting against the enemy. You're not fighting other people. You're fighting for your joy. 
Mm-hmm. When you have joy in your heart, it's filled up. You can give like crazy to other people. And it's not about it gaining anything. When people receive that, it changes their lives. Yes. That's what Jesus did. And we have that same call. We get to do it. So the other side of that, the thing below the line is the spirit. Well, when something offends your spirit, you have to stand up to it or for it. So that would be, for me, it's this whole ridiculous mask thing and all that. So I could name a bunch of different things, but you have to understand the difference. Jesus wanted us to be led by the Spirit. And the, the, the definition of that is in Romans 8. It shows that these are the sons and daughters. So if you're a son or a daughter of his, if you're living the way Jesus did, then you will follow the Spirit, and you will not bend to that. Um, and then, uh, but, but things will offend your mind. You have to turn the other cheek, and, and you should. Mm. Don't let them in your heart. So now you guard your heart. Now the, the physical word does that because it's physical. Take it in your eyes and ears, you hear it, right? And uh, that guards your heart from the outside in. That's why you, you need to put the Word of God, the written Word of God in front of you before everything else. And the implanted Word, the thing in your spirit, it's very individual. It's where He speaks to you about you. And it all works beautifully together. Yeah. And uh, when you have that, now you're moving forward. But it also allows you to be firm when people say nasty things, or and they say them. But we're going to lead somewhere. And what we see is, and what I've seen for years now, is people. a lot of people will throw rocks or criticize or whatever, but they, they, the ones that have a good heart will come back around and go, man, I wish I'd have gotten involved years ago. Yeah. They'll say, wow, what, this is real. Mm. And, and, you know, we don't go, I told you. Yeah. We say, come on in, welcome. Yeah. You know, it's all right. We love you. We're here. Let's, we're family. And mean it. That's a different thing than what goes on in the world of Christianity, churchianity, whatever. Yeah, it, <clears throat> that's a dynamic way to look at that passage from Matthew 5, um, the whole idea of if somebody takes your coat, give them your jacket, and somebody says go one mile, go two. I, I love that. Yeah. I would not heard you talk about that that way, that Jesus is distinguishing the line there, because I told others we were actually talking about this, and I said, okay, Jesus said, if they say go one mile, go two. He said it, right? Mm-hmm. But he was crucified, and he was crucified. He wasn't crucified because he walked two miles with somebody. <laughs> he was crucified because he stood up yeah. for his father yeah. in the kingdom because he couldn't go against the spirit because he was always operating in the will of the father. That's right. And so you can't use that verse as a platitude yeah. to be a doormat for Jesus. Right. There's no nobility in that. No. Daniel no. went to lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, Joshua went around. Every hero of faith had right. a moment where they stood up against something that was trying to oppress God's yeah. work in the world. Right. And they didn't take it on the chin and go two miles yeah. to be a better Christian. They right. stood up. And so the, the differentiation of what you just said, I'm just reiterating yeah. it, is when it says go two miles, he's talking about the, the mind and the logic in, that's right. in this idea of interpersonal. But when it convicts your spirit, when it goes against your spirit, that's where you have to stand up. Yeah. Well, I can say this after a lot of trial and error for years and years and years and going through a lot of different things. Uh, it, we, we're here to lead, but we have to do it from an authentic place. We have to know that the resources are there and we have to step in. We, instead of waiting you know, I always thought, well, I'll get rich one day. And I was pretty close, uh, and I would retire at 50. Then I'd go do the thing 
that I'm doing now. God's like, you don't need any of that. I got it. Mm. But he made me walk through that to, from, so it would be toes up, you know, be authentic. But it, we, we have to understand that simple dynamic so that we can live uh, not offended and so many people are offended. It, it's great in a sense. I mean, it gives me plenty of work to do every day. But <laughs> I'm saying that with love. Um, but uh, the greatest thing is to see people be free of it, but to then begin to live from the Spirit. So we teach the Word. You know, we feel it, and we teach that. We teach joy or deep thanksgiving meditative. And it sets the stage for dreaming. All this takes time. It takes a lot of encouragement. It takes deeper teaching. Uh but, you know, it's we're there. We need this. So you want to get into the mode where you're dreaming because that begins to tap into the desires of your heart and who you are. But people will not get there if they aren't willing to take small doses. Uh, we, win our, we win in small doses, in other words. You know, we talk about first down or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to gain momentum. But... Uh, but anyway, the, the, the interesting thing there is we have to learn not to be offended. We do have to turn the other cheek, but it's not a, a noble metal. You know, it's not a humble button. I got an I'm humble button on my lapel. Look, <laughs> we need to make T-shirts yeah. and just say, I turned the other cheek. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amen. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a way of being. Uh, and you can see it when you go places and you change that culture, when you believe, when you truly help people. Um, it changes the environment, and we have that in us. We can literally change everything, including yes. our health and everything. Yes. You know, we don't, uh, I don't want to say we would never be sick, but we, we just, it doesn't, we don't get sick. I mean, we we are, we believe, we live like God's children, and man, there's nothing like it. So, you know, you can live free, but that's what Jesus was modeling. He paid for us, not only for our salvation, but uh, for sickness. Yeah. He took it upon himself it's so done. that we don't have to live that way. So if you're living that way, I'm not talking about getting a cold. I'm saying if you're living under that and you're always worried about it, he will allow you to do that because he's not a tyrant. Mm, that's so good. Uh, you know, but if you trust him, really trust him, then you will get on with why you're here and take your focus off all that. And if you have sickness or you have a struggle with finances or whatever, he will see you through that and it will make a warrior out of you in the process. Mm. Be removed from that offense or stronghold. The goal is to be led by the Spirit. Mm. These are the sons and daughters. Nothing like it on this planet, and I wouldn't trade any amount of money for it. But the reason is, is because it bears fruit, right? Fruit honors God. Oh, man, that's the greatest, most fun thing there is. And to help his people because he loves them. So we have to, we get to love them. And when you, when you step into that, you fall in love with people just the way he does. And the best thing, the neatest thing that most people overlook is that satisfies your soul. Yeah. Everything that you ever wanted to do, fame, money, all that other crap, this is the thing. Mm. And all that other stuff is like low level, toxic, broken lens, logical garbage. And it's why we're seeing it all fall apart right now around us. And yeah. thank you, God, for that. Yeah. Allow it to continue. Amen. Uh, what a fantastic show today. Uh, Kev, thanks so much, man. Everybody who's uh, listening, tuning in, thank you guys. 
Uh, we want to encourage you all to do get plugged into the Portable Faith community. Uh, we're in the process of launching out some new member communities, uh, the Portable Faith community, Portable Veterans community, Portable Business communities coming, Single Moms community. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming here, and uh, we're super excited about it. So you guys go uh, wakeupmyfaith.com, get plugged in, reach out to us, and uh, we'll be here for you guys. Y'all have a great week.